0: Yesterday, a team of us went to a shelter in town here for women and children called Stepping Stones. We were doing a work project. And during our first half hour there, the coolest thing happened. We met a girl named Grace and a girl named Charity. They were daughters of the women that lived there. We thought that was super cool because those are two of the main reasons we were there. Charity and Grace. And I've been thinking a lot about Grace this week. Most of you know that grace is the foundation of a relationship with God. Over and over again in his letters, Paul drove home the controversial idea, the controversial truth that acceptance with God does not come with our works. Listen to what he wrote in 2 Timothy one nine. He said, God saved us, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. That means we cannot get right standing with God because of our works. You see, grace has to be a free gift, or it's not grace at all. The only way we can receive it is by simple childlike faith or trust, and only faith and trust in Jesus. The fact that He died on the cross in our place to pay for our sins and then rose again victorious over that sin and death. Paul said that over and over and over again. But there's an irony in all of this when you think about it. Paul's life, the very one that spoke that message of grace, was full of good works. Paul worked hard to spread the word about grace. Paul poured out his blood, his sweat, And his tears to tell others they could rest on the hope of eternal life in Jesus. Paul literally gave up his life to tell others about a Savior who died for them. You catch the irony in that? It raises a question. If Paul really believed in grace, why did he work so hard? Why did he work so hard? And he tells us, he wrote a letter to a young man named Titus, Titus 2.14. This is why Paul worked so hard. He said, Titus, Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us or buy us back from all wickedness. And listen to this, to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do good works. Jesus suffered and died on the cross to prepare a people eager to do good works. So now we're getting to the heart of the matter. We're forgiven not because of the good works in our lives, but we're forgiven so that we can do good works, so that we'll be able and eager to go into our world and show Jesus' love in tangible ways. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. How many of you guys memorized this as a kid? (laughs) <laughs> not many. <laughs> or they don't want to admit it because they're afraid I'm going to ask them to say it, right? I won't. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Nobody's going to be walking around in heaven saying, I got here because I, I transformed my neighborhood. Or I got here because I loved on the elderly or the widows or the orphans. It's by grace. Nobody gets there. Nobody's going to be boasting about why they got to heaven. But I wonder, how often do we stop at verse 9, right there, saved by grace through faith? And how many of our lives show that we stop there if we trusted in Jesus? We think like this. We think, hey, I'm good. I'm saved. So we dilly-dally the rest of our lives away on our own concerns, our own plans, and our own worries. I want to ask you a question. Does that sound anything like Paul's life after he encountered Jesus on that Damascus road? I want to read you something. The lengths that man went to to spread this message of grace. Check this out. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. This was all for Jesus and the good news about Jesus. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes with a whip minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. And I read that and I wonder why for some of us, sometimes in our lives, we can't even cross a street. That challenges me. See, because most of us who have trusted in Jesus love Paul's message of grace, but we want nothing to do with his lifestyle of hard work to spread that message. I wonder how many of us know what he went on to write in verse 10 of Ephesians 2. He said, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're created for good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we're not saved by our good works, but you know what? We're saved for them. But here's the deal. Jesus doesn't just want us to do them. He doesn't want us to walk out of here if we're his children feeling guilty. and you know, I guess I'll, I'll do some things this week because I have to. He wants us to be passionate. You know, if, you, if you're a basketball fan, the Memphis Grizzlies pushed that series to Game 7. It was today. And I don't imagine any of their fans, if they traveled to Oklahoma City to see that last game sitting there like, gosh, I'm sorry, i got to be here. <laughs> this is just... He doesn't want us to be like that when we think about living a life for him. He wants us to be passionate. You remember it said to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do good works. That word Eager. That's what it means. It means passionate, zealous. Though so Jesus doesn't want this half-hearted interest in, in doing things for him. He wants us to be excited about it. We ought to go out of here, and you know why we ought to be excited? The first four words of that verse, Jesus gave himself for us. If that doesn't excite you and make you want to say, hey, I'll, I'll do whatever you want, Jesus, and I'll be excited about it, I don't, I don't know what will. He died to put in us a burning desire to go out there and do good works. Part of what's going on here is some of us have fallen into a trap. I want to talk about that trap. Christian purity is not just avoiding evil. It's not just avoiding evil. That's not enough. It's pursuing what is good. What do I mean by that? Well, it's not enough just to stop hurting other people. We've got to forgive people when they hurt us. It's not enough just to stop swearing and telling dirty jokes. We've got to use the mouths that God gave us to speak blessing into other people's lives, to encourage the broken and the hopeless, and to build them up and to tell them about Jesus. It's more than not stealing from other people. It's being generous with the things that we do have. Now, I was thinking about this. A lot of us are great at the don'ts, but the only do in our lives has a mountain in front of it. (laughs) What's up with that? (laughs) I stopped at Maverick just for that. I hope it was worth it. (laughs) But here's the bottom line, all right? Yeah, let's milk that for all it's worth. That... <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Jesus doesn't want us to do good works for our glory. He wants us to do good works because when we do them in faith and for our Heavenly Father, He gets glory. You know that? In other words, God gets props when His children do good things. God gets showcased. The spotlight gets put on Him. Matthew 5.16 Jesus tells us, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. As we get ready to close this part, I just want to say, if you've trusted in Jesus as your Savior, His acceptance, God's acceptance and forgiveness in your life has set you free from captivity to things like fear. Things like pride and and insecurity and greed and many other things. He set us free, but that freedom is not just for us. That freedom allows us then to be filled with passion and love for others. It enables us to risk our stuff and our time and our reputation and our homes and our money for others. That's quite different from the usual self-enhancement and ladder climbing that you see in our world. Ladder climbing at all costs. I don't care who I step on. You start risking this stuff for Jesus, it's a difference. And it's that difference that points the world to the one that we treasure, to our security. It points them to God. So what are these good works? It's hard to limit them. they, They cover the whole gamut, but the Bible talks a lot about helping those in need. Those who possess the least and suffer the most. You can't read this book without seeing a big emphasis on that. Jesus wants us to be passionate about the poor and the perishing in our world. And you know what? To share the good news of Jesus while we're at it. That's the best life. No matter what it costs, that's the best life. And when it goes that way, listen to what happens. Those people get help, and more importantly, hopefully, they get to know a Savior that loves them. We get an immense joy in our lives that things cannot buy. They get help, hopefully, they get Jesus. We get joy, and God gets glory. And that's what life is about. That's life the way it's meant to be lived.